This is mission.org. This is Marketing Trends, your number one source for exclusive interviews with chief marketing officers and executive marketing leaders in the Fortune 1000 and beyond. This is Jeremy Bergeron, and I interview, collaborate, and partner with world-class CMOs and marketing leaders across industries. Brightspot Content Management System enables marketers to launch in just 100 days. It efficiently manages marketing campaigns on mobile apps or updates investors on your corporate site, handling it all seamlessly. With over 100 plus different content types and templates, marketers can deliver a customized, relevant experience to your audience. Additionally, integrate your current marketing automations platform and SEO recommendations directly from your Brightspot content management system, simplifying tool management. Discover more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Marketing Trends. We are in the studio, as you can see. We have an absolute baller in our midst, Cheryl Mills Knight. If you don't know, you need to know because (laughs) Cheryl Mills Knight is one of the founding members of Kendra Scott. Kendra Scott, if you don't know, is a global fashion lifestyle jewelry brand. Cheryl Mills Knight, Cheryl was the first marketing hire back in 2005. Cheryl has since built the internal Kendra Scott marketing, creative and brand functions from the ground up, now supporting the company in its growth to becoming a billion dollar brand with a B, 120 plus stores nationwide and growing. Her passion lies in a lot of things, branding and marketing, but also sharing her knowledge and mentoring future leaders. Cheryl is currently an advisor to the Kendra Scott Women's Entrepreneurial Leadership Institute at the University of Texas, Hook'em Horns, a program that she helped conceptualize and build. She has been a guest lecturer at the Art Institutes, Savannah College of Art and Design, the University of Texas at Austin, and Timberland Advertising Institute at Southern Methodist University. I could go on. Cheryl, welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm pumped that you're here. Oh my goodness, that was such a beautiful intro. Jeremy, you're an incredible human. It is an honor to be here. Thanks for being here. We had the privilege of connecting for lunch a few weeks ago, which I don't always have that opportunity to sit with the guests before they come into the studio. So I love the time that we had. Um, I've been in Austin for over 10 years, right? I got here in 2011, I landed in Austin and I don't know where the brand was in 2011, but I know that I started to hear rumblings of Kendra Scott when I landed here. And I have witnessed this brand. Now being here over 10 years, I've seen this brand blow up. And it's been incredible to watch. I'm sure there's many that live in this city that are just fans of the brand and just just fans of Kendra Scott, fans of what's happened. And so I I wanna just start day one with you, I want to know how you got involved in this opportunity, this crazy roller coaster ride that is Kendra Scott. Please tell us that story. How did you get to Kendra Scott however many years ago? Well, thank you for asking. I would say it's definitely a roller coaster that got me there. Uh, I am a self-taught designer and marketer. I have a German language and literature degree from the University of Texas. 
And after graduating, I realized, wow, I wanted to be in a creative field, but I had no necessarily any skills around that. So I started working for an interior design firm. And interestingly enough, that is where I met Kendra Scott. I was working at the front desk. I just wanted to be in a creative environment. And we bonded. She was working for a PR firm at the time. And we bonded over the jewelry I was wearing. I had been handmaking jewelry. Honestly, I can go as far back as kindergarten where I was making jewelry in some form or fashion. So we bonded over jewelry. And uh, she was curious about starting a business and asked me to participate in starting the business. I actually politely declined starting the business with Kendra Scott. Now, I was a young 22-something-year-old human that didn't know, I didn't know anything about anything, okay? And I was a self-taught designer, and I didn't know Kendra very well. Well, so I politely declined this offer to start this business with her, not knowing the amazing Kendra Scott and all of her um, tenacity. Of course, I didn't know any of that. I then go on a couple year journey. I learned graphic design while working for the interior design firm. I fell in love with fonts. I fell in love with just presentation and worked my way uh, through that journey into understanding branding and the power of branding and the power of presentation. I left the interior design firm. It was a, a two year and some change time where I was the most creative. I taught myself photography. I taught myself graphic design. I was doing wedding invitations, um, baby invitations. I was painting murals um, and I was doing my own jewelry design and doing pop-up booths. I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do in this world. All along, Kendra decided to start the jewelry business, Kendra Scott Jewelry. Kendra Scott Design was the official first name of the business. And I heard that she had gotten representation in showrooms and she was in magazines. And I was like, Cheryl, you missed an amazing opportunity. So I'm sitting here going, gosh, what am I going to do? Two and a half years. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's 2005. It was July of 2005. And I was at a crossroads. And I don't know what many people do when they're at a crossroads, but I decided to go see an intuit. Her name is Lois, and she's incredible. And what that session did for me was that I went in with a, do I continue down the path of graphic design and make a career out of that? Or do I go and design my own jewelry? And she checked in. She didn't know any backstory that I knew a jewelry designer in town. Again, this was two and a half years after Kendra had started the business. She was already finding great success. She didn't know that I knew anyone. But she checked in. And she said, Cheryl, I see the success with jewelry. It's in jewelry for you. And I said, okay, well, you know, I need to figure out manufacturing. If I'm going to do this to scale the business, she was like, oh, oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. And she checked in and she said, oh, there's someone in town. You know that person, don't you? 
oh yeah, she's hiring. She has the perfect job for you. That is the absolute God's honest truth. Wow. Now here I am sitting there going, yes, I know someone. Yes, I could call that someone, but I'm going to have to eat a big old piece of humble pie because I already politely declined to work for her and now she's successful and now I'm going to come groveling back to ask for a job. I was having all kinds of like identity crisis meets like all the things. And I was at a place in my life that I had really gotten into a daily spiritual practice. I had started a practice of true surrender. And so I said, well, what do I have to lose? So I called up Kendra. It was right before July 4th weekend, 2005. And she wasn't there. She was with her family. And I didn't get a call back. Left my name left my number, didn't get a call back. Three weeks later, because I also was really into that land of surrender, meets synchronicity, meets I do believe the universe conspires in our favor at all times. The universe was doing some magic behind the scenes. My dear friend, who I had worked at the interior design firm, he said, Cheryl, I will, you, you will never guess, I just spent the past 45 minutes talking to Kendra Scott, she called me and we just talked about you for the past 45 minutes. Now he was the one who actually told me and suggested that I go see Lois. So he knew the backstory. And then all of a sudden Kendra's calling him and lo and behold, she had a position and it was the first marketing hire because the fashion jewelry industry moves so very quickly. The fashion industry in general moves so quickly, but she was moving so very quickly, it was very costly to hire external branding help to do all of the pitches that she was doing, to put the line list together, to do all of the marketing that was essential to grow the brand. And so she was looking for someone who had really all the skills that I had been working on developing over those years. I came in. Kendra was like, oh, Cheryl, you're so amazing to see you. Oh, my God, I'm so excited to have you here. We talked for a few moments and she was like, this job is yours if you want it. And I went, wow. Okay, universe. And that was July 24th, 2005. Wow. Okay. So there's, that's incredible. I'm, I, I'm, yeah, that's so awesome. Uh, first question, is Lois still around? She is. I might want to get Lois's contact info for just future reference. Um, now, they're online, you, you read about the Super 7, right? Right. Was there the Super 3 or 4 already there when you started? Or were you the Super 2? Or what? what where were you in the Super 7 when you first joined? There was a small team at the time. There was a lot of part-time hires. There were interns. Okay. The Super 7, if you will, kind of shifted and adjusted. And that was really what she gave the core group in 2008, 9, 10. And that was only because we went through a tremendous amount of, um, well, the recession hit. So mm -hmm. we had to downsize tremendously. So some of the people that were with us in the early, early stages um, were no longer with us. So that that was a, a phrase that she coined um, early on. But her mom was the first hire. 
And uh, we have a couple of uh, other gals that have also joined in 2005, um, our SVP of design and our SVP of creative. So if you put us in the lineup there, Janet, Mama Janet was the first hire. Um, Denise Chumley was number two and I'm number three in the in the lineup. Okay. So. Wow. Is Mama Janet still involved? Mama Janet retired. Okay. Yeah. All right. Shout out to Mama Janet. Job well done. Um, so day one, you're the first marketing hire uh, and you have a ton of marketing experience, right? Oh my gosh, you bring all so of this much. marketing experience. So <laughs> tell us about day, the day one, like, hey, you're in marketing. And what were some of the things that you got tasked to do? It was wild, Jeremy. I This story is just so incredibly wild. So first day on the job, Kendra is like, Cheryl, I am so glad you're here. We just landed two incredible opportunities. One for Walmart, do a private label for Walmart. Okay, wow, that's a that could be big, right? The other one, she's like, this one I'm really excited about was for Oscar de la Renta to do the jewelry, the private label jewelry for his 2006 spring runway show. He wasn't designing jewelry at the time. He was looking for uh, a, a private label and what was wild was i'm like oh my gosh wow cool how exciting she was like okay well so the thing is we have seven days one week to do both of these presentations and they're due on the same day are you in <laughs> and i'm like what, what my mind like she probably just saw the the fear coming out of oozing out of me because i'm like oh my gosh two diametrically opposed brands i know nothing in my mind, in in my mind and in my heart. I have no experience. I know nothing. And she was like, oh, girl, we got this. You are incredible. You are here for a reason. We are going to just band together. We can do this. Let's go. And that was the beginning of my journey. Wow. So the beginning of my journey was that crazy town. What I would say is, we did get one of those gigs, and it was that we landed the private label account for Oscar de la Renta. Wow. And it was an all hands on deck. I made jewelry, so she was like, we need everyone that can make jewelry to make all these different samples. And one of the pieces that I made actually made it to the runway. So that was wow. a fun, wild thing. And wow. again, with Kendra at the helm and opportunities and just endless I was like, wow, I'm here. I'm here and uh, it's going to be a wild ride. Is that where the friendship started too? Was the fr did the friendship begin in the er like was that like early days like or did that just develop over the last, you know, couple decades? Our friendship has deepened okay. over the decades. Okay. Uh I think we became friends really at the interior design firm. You know, it was okay. just like a kindred spirit. Okay. She's a very optimistic, very bright individual. I'm very uh, I wore both Aries. I'm very bright okay, and optimistic okay. and vivacious and creativity and meets creativity. And we could see a, a kindred spark within one another. Got it. Um, the development, uh, obviously, in, in me understanding who she is and how to bring it to life. Uh, the brand over over the course of the past two decades has just been a journey. Wow. So that, I was curious about the, yeah, the chemistry between, between you and Kendra because, it, you know, was it kind of like, 
was it a good cop, bad cop, or or was it, hey, it's not, like you just said, you're both Aries, so that tells me a lot. It's like, so it sounds like it was a lot of like, hey, let's go this way. Hey, that's a good idea, and let's go. So it sounds like a lot of horsepower with you two, like, you know, in the boardroom or in front of people or whatever you're working. It seems like you two together, you know, you're putting a lot of fuel on whatever whatever's getting out in the world. Yes, and I am also very pragmatic, practical, and know the power of great execution. So in a lot of ways, there was a lot of healthy tension. Got it. She's like, go, in, go big or go home. I was, I'm the one that needs to get that across the finish line, along with the design team, of course. But you take the beautiful product, well, you have to package that product. You have to give that product a, a reason why to exist in the world besides just being beautiful. So I was this, oh my gosh, how how do we do this? Mm. And I, I was at first, during the first early years, I would say that I showed up more pragmatic that came across as no, and it was a really big learning curve because I could feel her energy when I was like, well, but what about what about this? And what about this? And what about this? In a creative meeting with her. And you could tell that she, that was mm -mm, that was not the way that it needed to go. And, you know, I, I really struggled with that for a while. And then in my mind, I went, I'm not a no. I know I'm not a no. But I'm trying to resolve internally all of the things that need to get done with the resources that I have. So maybe if I show up and be a yes, and there would be some magic. Now, I didn't realize that that is the core of improv. Did not know that. A Friend, as I started to develop my team, I brought that yes. And we're our business and a brand of yes, of optimism, of anything is possible. And I look to you to come and solve this problem, this opportunity in the best way that you see fit. And I'm listening and we're doing this. Mm. I learned the yes and, and then a friend of mine or one of my co colleagues um, handed me this book. She was like, you are doing improv. But that's like the entrepreneurial spirit is pure creative invention after invention and iteration of that invention. And improv is the, the heartbeat of creativity and an entrepreneurial spirit. So it was interesting. I might not have known what I was doing along the way, mm. but somehow I was tapped in. Yeah, without a doubt. There was a time when Nordstrom got on the radar right because sure. it was so we're mm -hmm. so nordstrom became was that a pretty big moment for for the brand when how tell us the nordstrom story into the north something where it was from bedroom to nordstrom essentially like what was that what's that story so it was even before i began in okay. 2005 so okay. there was an opportunity to do um uh, i mean have our product in nordstrom okay um as well as several other um D department stores. Okay. Um, Harold's in Dallas, who, that's no longer with us, was another one of our larger partners. And yes, Kendra, um, again, it was this fake it till you make it creative, make believe, this land of make believe. And I'm like, you know, Disney has something with the concept of make believe, because if you really do believe in 
what you are making and creating, and more importantly, believe in yourself and the possibility, boom, the world truly opens up for you. So that is, you know, we were making making it up as we went along. Um, Kendra didn't have a shipping and receiving department. That was Janet, mom, Mama Janet. Um, and so they kind of pretended through those early phases so that we, you know, presented ourselves as professional in the world and did all of the things that we felt like we needed to do um, to be successful. Wow. So once you hit retail, how quickly, like how quickly did you have to pivot to accommodate now this wealth of new customers and marketing opportunities? Because re- you're in Nordstrom, you're in other retailers, there's a, there's a big opportunity there. For the first eight years, we were a wholesale only business small specialty boutiques to large retailers like Nordstrom and Neiman Marcus. You came to Austin in 2011, about a year after we had had that first store. It was wild because we had just earlier in the year launched our e-com site. So within the same year, we launched e-com and retail. Beautiful thing was because of our give back, heart for giving back, our our philanthropy, wanting to connect to our communities, a, a never say no give back policy in those early years, we had a fan base that surprised us. They were like, oh my gosh, I've been following you for years. You've been donating to my my school, my my daughter's school or my foundation. We had this baked in customer base that we weren't we didn't necessarily realize. And they were like, oh, yay, now I can come and support you. And so, yes, we had a tremendous amount of expansion and growth uh, in 2010, 2011. We opened up two more stores. Then we brought on our first COO who came from the land of Starbucks, where he was a part of the opening up one store every day universe. So he brought his wisdom to scalability. And we started into this really fast pace up to 15, 20 stores a year for several years. Wow. So you joined in 2005 and really, you know, helped build this internal Kendra Scott marketing and creative and brand functions from the ground up. You know, you're leading it to become a billion dollar brand with some amazing, you know, teammates, 120 plus stores. What were your like, chief marketing aims during the early years at the company? Like, did you have the level of scale in mind when you first launched? Like, I know it seems like things happen so fast, but what were your kind of, what were those first early marketing goals? To show up for our customer, our first marketing goals were really simple, to show up for her, he, they, them, in a way that was really authentic. We wanted, so our brand is based on our three core values. They've always been our North Star. They began with Kendra, but family, fashion, and philanthropy has have been our brand's values and integrated into our who we are and why we exist. When we opened up that first store, we used that lens of, okay, well, we're this small group of women, you know, caring for one another and babies. And like we had been through marriages and actually even a divorce and, and babies. And so we had this really close group of, um, of women that treated each other like family. Well, how could we extend that to our customers? 
when we opened up our first store, again, for me, it was for all of us, but for me, it was, let's make the store experience the best that it could be. Okay. How, and in Kendra and we were all trying to figure out like even customer service, how can we wow our customers, not just provide good customer service, how can we wow them? Okay, well, when it comes to return policies, I mean, we both, Kendra and I both like looked at each other like, you know, we don't want to like have a return policy or these like policies that we have to follow in rigid. And she came up with this brilliant moment. She was like, you know, if your sister or your brother walked in to the store or to your room or came up to you, you would go above and beyond to take care of the ones you love. And as, as soon as she said, I'm like, and so that's what we're going to do for our customer. So we created this experience that was empowered the sales associate, whether she or he were was a part-time sales associate or a manager to have the power to please. And that was our Wow, customer service was founded on our sister brother rule. Treat everyone like they're a family member. Go above and beyond to take care of them. Offer them a glass of champagne or a beer or a lemonade and come sit at our color bar. This experience where you could come and customize and design. Come sit down and hang out with us for a while. I even had, um, Kendra really was very specific. I wanna take you know the scary out of jewelry purchasing. So we had open cases and no locked locked cases or anything like that where you had to like ask a sales associate for help. They were there to help style and to help be give you the opportunity to be the best gift giver, but their job wasn't to unlock the case. In fact, we wanted to make it, it so clear. I made, I can't even tell you how many signs I made that said, have fun, try on. So that it was everywhere in the store with tons and tons of mirrors and just that celebratory, fun nature. That's what we wanted to give our customers, that joyfulness. Wow. Were there other jewelry retailer brands that were, were doing that kind of experience in store for people? Like, I, No, wow. we were one of the absolute first. Wow. And it became core to who we are as an experiential brand wanting to give back. We hosted and still to this day have a robust give back strategy. But one of those things was Come, come, ha our store is a place where you can host your party, we'll turn it into a Kendra Gives Back event, and we'll give back to your 501c3 or a family in need. You just come, you ask, and we will provide, we'll be, we'll be the host for you to come and have an amazing experience. Wow. So talk us through like, how, how does a jewelry brand like Kendra Scott, you know, launches in 2005, then, you know, you're joining in 2010, no, when did you no, join? No, the you business joined. started in 2002. I came in 2005. 2005. Okay, you joined in 2005. And the business expanded into e-com and retail in 2010. Okay, so that's the question is like, how, how, does, that, how does a brand make inroads both online and in brick and mortar retail, right? Because at a time when verticals were more crowded than ever before, and this is a brand that's starting this lot of momentum, but you're, I mean, you're going, you're going both, you're going e-com and, and, and retail, and you're, you're leading a lot of that. So what was that about? I was writing a rocket ship. We were all on this rocket ship. I mean, I will tell you, I, there was a there are a lot of sleepless nights. Uh, another fun fact is that I ran the ecom business soup to nuts 
even the back end. Yes, we had a couple of consultants for our platform, but I ran the entire e-com business until we hit $3 million in sales. And then in 2012, we thought it would be probably a good idea to hire a <laughs> VP of e-com to come in and really take that business and scale the business. Jeremy, I have no idea how we did it. I don't know how I did it. I, It's wild. I've struggled with self-confidence a lot in my life. And yet every challenge that came my way, I showed up and did the best I could possibly do. And somehow we, have we became successful. Somehow I helped to create the success of this brand. It's wild. Sometimes I pinch myself and I'm like, I don't know how we did it other than sheer willpower, lots of energy, and just a desire to create goodness in the world. How do you maintain this, this almost local family focused brand feel? Because if, any, if anyone goes into a store, you'll get this feeling. I've gone in there with uh, many previous ex-girlfriends ex and I know, <laughs> I know the experience, but you go into these stores and it's this family, you get this family vibe. It's this, this local family feel. And this is a brand that's grown exponentially in a really short time. So how do you maintain that at scale? 120 plus stores and growing billion dollars. I mean, how do you maintain that? Because I can see how that can slip away as you grow in scale too. It is our number one focus mm. to stay connected and to feel authentically connected in each one of our communities. We have an infrastructure of our business set up that our marketing and philanthropic managers, that their whole goal is to support the retail teams and activate in those communities and do what matters to those communities to actively engage. So you have that, that strategic part of our business model that is supporting our stylists and team on the ground. And then wow customer service with a heart, like really caring for the individual. We have this core philosophy, connect first. When you have a connection first, the customer is our boss. We love her. We love him. We love they. We love to take care of them, whether it is to help support them become the best version of themselves through their own personal style or, again, become the best gift giver on the planet. We're here to serve them. They sign our paychecks. We mm. are in true service to them. And when we connect with them, we learn about them, we care about them, and then we serve them and their needs beyond jewelry, utilizing our, our the gift that we're given uh, of jewelry, uh, being in the fashion industry, to be in service to their community and what matters to them. And that is the foundation of our WOW service. Magic. I mean, that's mm. the transactions follow. Mm -hmm. Connect first and the transactions will follow. Mm. We are a living, breathing example of that being our North Star. Mm. Isn't that a Michael Jackson song? The rest will follow. The rest will follow or something like connect first and the cash will follow. I don't follow. know, but maybe we need to like make a song. <laughs> I mean, it's so, I mean, I love because look, there are a lot of brands out there that will talk about this idea of philanthropy, even, even, 
even you know do, doing things in, in the space. So those brands that you know they're they're giving healthy amounts and doing things in the community, doing things. I mean that you can see it on billboards, you see it in media, and there's brands that say, "Hey, look, we're all about giving." And it's not a knock against those brands, but it certainly appears that Kendra Scott, like this family fashion, this philanthropy piece, is so woven inside of this brand, and it's it seems to be a really key piece of the magic of how this brand even grew up and blew up was because it hasn't that hasn't gone away it's like we give back we actually mean it and you do it in a lot of different ways too i'd love to hear some of the ways you're doing community there's all kinds of stuff you guys are doing but let's talk about that piece of of the philanthropy piece because it's not just in your marketing materials it's not just on the front page you got it's it's really all over the brand and so i'd love to hear more about that well again in order to be successful, you it has to be a part of your business model. Now, we are a little bit more complex. We're not as we're not a, doing a one-for-one one program, right? So it's not as easily to market what we're doing. But what is fascinating with what we're doing is that deep connection rooted in health and wellness and education and entrepreneurship. A lot of what we do it on a on the larger national scale is around funding programs like Breast Cancer Research Foundation and programs like Inheritance of Hope. Those programs where we are funding a tremendous amount of, of love and dollars into that research piece, but also actually rolling up our sleeves and volunteering. That's probably one of the biggest pieces is that we have a culture of giving. Mm -hmm. And within our business model, we have a philanthropy department run by our VP of philanthropy and belonging, who has been with us for over eight years, who saw a white space. She came on in, uh, again, uh, over eight years ago, to really expand these programs. Kendra wanted, Kendra's like, I just want to be able to scale our give back. And with this department, as a part of our foundational business model, we came in and have created programmatics where we have, yes, we have shop for good product. And we are doing these larger give backs for BCRF and Inheritance of Hope. But it's also our Kendra Gives Back events in all of our stores and this very precious program called Kendra Cares that we take our color bar, that wonderful experience of customizing jewelry, and we have it as a monthly arts therapy program that we developed with a arts therapist. And we have that in over 30 hospitals nationwide. And our team volunteers and is in service to those families, to those children, to their caregivers every month. And that's that's just inherently who we are. We don't just write checks. Money, money can make mountains move. And it is our desire to roll up our sleeves and be very hands-on that I do believe is really unique for us. Mm. You've been an, an executive there. You've been this brand for a while. We talked about this at lunch, and I, I remember, you know, just because you were there in the early days doesn't mean you get to be here now. I mean, just that, that doesn't. That's, you have to continue to be relevant. You have to continue to grow and cultivate skills as a leader. There's probably things that you did 10, 15 years ago that you no longer do now. And I'm just curious about 
what's the through line for you of like, what, what do you feel like you've cultivated along the way to still be now SVP of brand? You're still leading a lot of this brand. And there's probably intersections along the way where you could have gone left and right and done a lot of different things. You're still here. You're still relevant. This brand's still going. Um, that's also rare. How are you able to do that? Great question. <laughs> uh, again, I, I think it's a combination of showing up where we need, where the business needs me the most. I'm in this very unique hybrid role right now. I am SVP of brand and culture. I have one foot in HR. I have one foot in marketing. Now, the consistency there is it's the people. It's, for me, ensuring that our core values of family, fashion, and philanthropy are alive and thriving within our walls, within our home office, our distribution center, within our retail stores, with our people. And keeping that alive requires a lot, especially during everything that we just went through as a, as, from the world perspective and hybrid and not having all of those touch points. That's when they asked me to come in and pour my energy and my love for our culture into how, how do we do this? How do we do this? How can we be inventive in this crazy world <laughs> during a lockdown? How can we keep our culture alive? And I coined this phrase many years ago, our brand is our culture. Mm. Our culture is our brand. It is a beautiful ripple effect feedback loop. When our people feel connected, joyful, know that they are working for a brand and a business with leaders that give a about doing more than just simply making money, about creating joy in the world and creating good in the world, they then, we magnetize some of the best humans on the planet. They then pour out their beautiful heart and soul into their work that gets felt by our customers. And that is why it is so important to bring to life day in and day out experiences, both internally and externally, that again, keep us centered in who we are. We are here to create good in the world. We get to utilize fashion as a jewelry, as a means to connect, but we're here to be good, kind humans, mm -hmm. treat everyone with a welcoming, warm attitude and be in service to a greater good in their needs. Wow. Yeah. That's why I'm still here. Wow. I love the one foot in HR, one foot in marketing. That's such a cool perspective to have too. Um, the, the company has grown to such an extent that you now manage an in-house team that includes art direction, graphic and UX design, photography, digital media, copywriting, content strategy, social media, and events. My question is like, what was the primary motivation for bringing all those operations in-house? Well, I do want to be clear. I don't, I'm not a leader over that entire organization. We okay. have a CMO that does that. I would, in an interesting way, I am a marketing advisor. Okay. So I have no direct marketing reports any longer. And we decided because we're so unique, our culture was so unique 
created and we went moved so fast because of that fast speed and uniqueness to our brand voice and to our creative we wanted to do everything in-house so i developed the creative agency ultimately that has evolved into what it is now and brand marketing is the other arm really that's in 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 tandem of course we have analytics and and all of that wonderful customer data piece but the brand marketing is about partnerships it's about influencers and and finding those other individuals macro and micro influencers that really help to amplify our voice our brand our values out in the world so we have that mixed with social media and the development and growth. I mean, honestly, I can't believe that social media it, it is become what it is. It's so powerful. It is so powerful. And it's a way in which we can continuously connect with our customers. It's just gorgeous. But my goodness, starting that back in the mid-2000s, woo, that was mid to late 2000s. That was a journey. Wow. Wow. So... So given the recent shifts in distributed work environments, yeah. we're in a new world now, there's people working in all kinds of yes. different ways. How have you adjusted to kind of maintain the team's productivity and engagement? What are some of the things you, you, you're doing there? Leadership is at the core. It's not just one person or um, it's mm. not just Kendra. It's not our CEO. It's not just me, you know, uh, being present and, and saying, this is what's really important. Um, we have a leadership model that's like our first thing that we do is connect with purpose. So we believe in order to really have great bonds with our employees, you have to lead with conversation. You have to know your team. You have to care about their family, their dogs. You know, do they live with their parents? Do their parents live with them? Do they have children? Where are they in their life journey? Start every conversation with a true, meaningful connection conversation and then go into the workflow. So we connect with purpose is really powerful and it all letters up to being a brand that is authentic and, and family oriented. So the leadership is key to the success. Every leader makes sure that whether they're in a hybrid situation or, or fully remote, it's it's a journey. It's an absolute journey of, of connection. And we don't have it all figured out by any means, right? I think we're really in this true hybrid model for the first time. It's allowed us to have brilliant minds and hearts join the team that necessarily didn't want to move to Austin. So again, we've, we're all experiencing the benefit of that. And one of the things that I, I do have is um, a culture experience uh, individual who we dream into how do we create fun hybrid experiences that are culturally relevant and fun? How do we create in-person experiences and how do we keep that pulse on the fun and the celebratory nature that keeps us connected? And, you know, you have a robust plan of action, if you will, around that that's supported by leadership. Hmm. Has employee retention been a concern since the shift to remote work at all? I think it's always in this particular environment, it will always be a concern mm. and not a concern like, oh, I'm scared about this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's how do we continue to retain the best talent? How do we show up authentically 
for our employees? How do we allow them to show up authentically for us instead of just checking their personal life at the door? How do we allow that whole human to exist? And how do we work together wherever you are? Mm. I mean, I have some amazing individuals that I didn't meet for two years and they became my best work buddy. And I didn't meet them until we opened up the doors. And that bond, I personally, if if you're doing if you're really connecting and leading with heart, it doesn't matter if you are physically together or not. Mm. And I believe productivity, great productivity is the result of connection first. Mm. Transaction comes in a variety of different ways. But if a, if a team member feels like their team really cares about them, they will go above and beyond to do the best work themselves. I also believe that people really want to do good. Mm -hmm. They want to personally succeed. They want to bring their best level of excellence. And so when you create an environment where that is, it's safe to be your full self, wow. trust is developed. Wow. A lot. We're, we're talking to a lot of brands that are doubling down on employee experience. We, it's, a lot of brands will talk about customer experience, and that's of course that's important. But we're seeing employee experience like match 100%. customer experience. Brand is your culture. Your culture is your brand. It's all about the experience between humans, and connecting authentically develops trust. Can you give us one example of how? you know, things that you're doing or have done to double down on the employee experience? Like what's something that employees get to experience there now in 2022? Um, that's because there's a lot of stickiness in, inside this brand, so. Sure, well, a lot of people come to us because of the level of philanthropy and service we give mm. to our communities. So we have a robust offering of different ways in which you can give back. Um, we, you can volunteer, any one of our people can volunteer to serve at Kendra Cares. And when you do that service with your fellow teammates, it creates a level of just heartfelt sharing and care for the community and you're doing it together. That's a level of bonding that is so vital and so it's just a brilliant experience. We have that, but then we have lots of fun. So again, the journey of hybrid meets in person. So Kendra was just on Shark Tank once again, oh. and we had this fun watch party of Shark Tank, and it was anyone who wanted to come and and join in, and you know, it was a fun cocktail hour meets you know, winning prizes along the way and trivia, and it was just a fun, engaging experience. And I got to know people that I hadn't necessarily had one-on-one -on -one conversations with before, and it was just everyone was so excited about that. We did a couple of those during uh, the pandemic, and we're going to continue to do that because it does create that inclusivity, and. We love Halloween. Our, I would say Halloween is our biggest event in person, experiential event of the year. And during the pandemic, it was all virtual. So teams found ways to submit their costume contests. And it was this beautiful virtual watch party. The le I am was fascinated at how legal and finance, <laughs> they've got some incredible video, uh, videography skills that they were hiding until this opportunity came along. So this 
year. We just celebrated Halloween. And what was fun was that now all of our family meetings and in-person events are hybrid. So we hosted Mm. it. We we were dressed up. There were live performances. There were video performances. um, And it was this really interesting and dynamic hybrid journey that was felt by all. I'll just say it was incredible. And teams that were like, oh, we don't have time to do a costume contest. They were so grateful that the bonding that happened during that creative process, that we supported that. We shut everything down for the entire day. It is a no work day and it is about celebrating with your team and having the greatest time together. And you have that as the core of how we, you know, integrate. You got these heartfelt experiences of give back. You have these fun experiences, creative experiences. And then you have these family meetings that we have uh, quarterly. It's it's those touch points, mm. that consistency of touch points, but a variety of mm-hmm. touch points that make the experience really awesome. Wow. So we're heading into an interesting time economically, right? Sure. A lot of companies yeah. are talking about the economic headwinds and mm-hmm. where we're headed. I'm sure. just curious the position that Kendra Scott's taking with where we're headed. Does anything change or... Or are we still sticking to the same thing? I mean, is it, you know what I mean? Is there any, is, is anything shifting with where things are headed um, brand voice wise or just position wise? A lot of companies are paying attention to it. Obviously, they would just love to know what, what, what's been happening in that, in that realm kind of internally. The pandemic was a really important time for us that helped us to, if you will, get back to who we are from a business perspective. We are an incredibly entrepreneurial spirited brand. So give us a challenge. We'll create task forces and figure out how to overcome those challenges. When we when we were faced with so much, there was so there was an incredible amount of um, leading with that entrepreneurial spirit. And how we translate that to every employee is treat your business, your team, your store, like it has your name on the door. So what that also means from a internal running your business model, you need to think that every dollar you spend is your dollar that you spend. Mm. So there is a real clear foundational like pay attention to how you're spending money, where you're spending money, and what is that rate of return on your dollars. So really just foundational. Be a good business person. Treat the business as if it has your name on the door. Treat every dollar as if it is your own. And then how can you be inventive and optimize your efforts and energy? I think that There's all these fabulous hacks, right? Optimize your energy and how to do less with more. Well, in this time, that's where you lean into those hacks and or whether it's with your team, are we we being as efficient as possible with our XYZ project? Is there any room to adjust? Because time is money. So it's not just about the dollars, but it's also about how we're spending our time and having conversations relevant 
day in and day out conversations that are top of mind where it's not just like, oh, we're going to optimize at the beginning of the year and look back at the end of the year and see whether or not we did what we said we were going to do. Okay, yes. And with the current economic headwinds, tailwinds, all the wins, <laughs> you have to be a smart business person making sure that your team is thinking about optimization and entrepreneurial spirit, knowing that the customers are boss and we're here to create good in the world. So how do we do all of that today with the resources we have for today as we plan for tomorrow? Wow, amazing. Are you ready for some fun lightning round questions? <laughs> sure, okay. absolutely. I mean, this is we're at, this is the, the hour. I'm like, we're already at the hour. I can't I believe need it. Two more hours with Cheryl, please. <laughs> Dang it. Um, okay, so let's do some fun questions okay. and then we wrap. Um, okay. This has been just an exceptional conversation. Cheryl, I am inspired 100%. Oh, and I mean, and the, the cool thing is it's like, this story is still being written. I mean, this brand, this yes, is not is. like, oh, this was a cool thing. This is still happening. It's so, it's alive in this city. Like you can feel it in your soul. You can't walk down South Congress without seeing it and hearing <laughs> and feeling it. So really just grateful you came to Marketing Trends. This has been such a cool conversation and thank you for being here. Oh, it's an honor, absolute honor. Jeremy, you're incredible. Thank you. Okay, so this podcast, if you don't know, you know now it's brought to you by Salesforce, right? Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. If you wanna learn more, you can head over to salesforce.com forward slash marketing. We have Cheryl Mills Knight, Senior Vice President of Brand and Culture at Kendra Scott. First question, lightning round, are you ready? Yes. Okay, what fact about you might surprise coworkers who have never met you in real life? I was a hair model in college and I traveled the world getting my hair done. Oh, wow, I love that. <laughs> what is your best remote work tip? Really remember when your camera is on and when it's off, when your mic is on and when it's off. Be really conscious. Well, that leads to my next one, which is <laughs> what's the funniest thing you ever witnessed during a Zoom meeting? I think it was, um, the dog kind of jumping behind in the middle of a really serious conversation, which the cool part was we needed a little comic relief. So again, the universe always conspires in our favor. You needed that moment to laugh and kind of recalibrate. So it was a wild dog moment in okay. the background. Okay. Uh, from which coworker did you learn the most from over the course of your career? Wow. I know there are many, maybe there's one, maybe there's a coworker that sticks out that you learn the most from over the course of your career. I will say it, the coworker that I've learned the most from is Leah Lucas. She is our SVP of design. She has a level of sage wisdom. She's one of the most unique humans that have, has ever existed. And she has a level of sage wisdom where she is a creatrix. Kendra calls her her design Yoda. Mm. And she mixes that with a level of analytical detail of design. She came in in 2005 as well. So she has that, you know, almost two decades worth of knowledge. But she is so analytical and creative. Mm. It's she's an extraordinary human. Okay, she's got that right brain, left brain thing, it sounds like. Um, if you could not work in this industry, what profession would you pursue? Are we going back to hair model? 
(laughs) (laughs) Wow. I could see myself being a professor Mm -hmm. or even doesn't even need to be at the university level. I could see myself being an art teacher, really helping, uh, whether it's art or design instructor, Mm -hmm. but foundationally teaching youth about how to, the fundamentals, but also how to stretch their creativity and do it while being in service. I think that there's some brilliant thing. It's not just creation for creation's sake, gorgeous thing, Mm -hmm. but there would be a strategy component in there because that's where like, I feel like good design turns into excellent design. Mm, Love that. What is the guiltiest pleasure on your Spotify playlist? I love a good drum beat. Okay. So, I mean, at times in my room, my my studio at home, um, I'll take a office break, and it's not necessarily like it, it's like African drum beat. Okay, it's just like okay. it makes you immediately move your body and okay. shake it out. Okay, what is your least favorite business buzzword? Every acronym that exists out there. <laughs> Acronyms. Can I say that? <laughs> you can. You can. Okay. We might cut it out, but you can still say I, it. <laughs> I will say there are so many business and marketing acronyms. It's so annoying. <laughs> and people that live in that marketing world, God bless us all. But sometimes we just speak in acronyms and I'm like, can we speak English? <laughs> acronyms, marketing and business acronyms. Oy, oy, oy. What is the best team building exercise you've ever employed and do you still use it? I would say costume contest, team costume contests for Halloween at Kendra Scott, because it's not just putting on a costume. We do department trick or treats where you are creating a thematic experience where people come to your space and you have to bring it. And I will tell you the theatricality that just like exudes from some of the most quiet individuals. It's so incredible. Do y'all ever capture that content? I want to, I want to see some footage of this stuff. I will send you some footage from this past Halloween. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What was the first thing you thought about this morning? This podcast. (laughs) Okay. We didn't pay her to say that. We didn't pay her to say that. Um, If you could use marketing to send a message to the entire world what would it be? Exist personally at a level of integrity that is unmatched in the world. Do it for yourself, for your own self-confidence, but let that lead you, guide you, and that follow through, showcase your authenticity. Let that be what people admire about you. Can we get a mic drop after that one? Awesome. Uh, What is one popular thing or activity you wish you enjoyed more? Dancing. Dancing. I I need to dance. I should dance. I should dance every day. Whether it's my African drum beats or whatever song, I love dancing and I don't do it enough. Mm. Partner dancing, individual dancing, in my room quietly by myself or with my child or my husband. I... I need to dance and I don't do it enough. Okay. What would be the title of your unauthorized biography? (laughs) 
<laughs> wow, that one's tough. <laughs> oh, that wasn't in my prep questions. Oh my gosh. Hmm. I like how you said unauthorized biography. That's an actual mm -hmm. curious. Mm -hmm. Trust fall and ball out. No, um. <laughs> no, that's really <laughs> tough. That's an. I mean, like, wow. I would be curious for this for you, especially. I'd be curious because of your yeah, your story and experience and perspective is is really interesting. So I'm curious what you would. What would be in the t the cover of your unauthorized biography? She showed up and surrendered. Bam. What is the best business advice you've ever received? Just do it. Get out of your own way. Get out of, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Mm. Get out of your own way. Um, just do it. Do something. Keep the energy moving. Even if it's not the right move, it's the next move, which is the right move. Mm. Just keep, keep doing it. Just do it. Keep moving. I love it. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.